And personally, like, I was confused by it because I always viewed a bindi as kind of an ornamental, almost like makeup that you add to your outfit to accessorize it more. I didn't think whenever I wear a bindi for an event that I'm trying to elevate my third eye or like I, I didn't think about the deeper spiritual meaning. And it's interesting because the more people culturally appropriated it, the more exposure I got to the origins of something I did my whole life. Welcome back. We are coming at you after yet another break. Uh, oh, it's recording, right? Yeah, it's recording. Okay. <laughs> I forgot how to do this. <laughs> Make sure my mic isn't being covered. You can hear me okay, right? Okay, cool. So I proposed a few weeks back that, like, instead of doing this whole research and and chat thing that we used to do that we just kind of like free flow conversation for our podcast I feel like that would bring just make it easier to like be more in sync with when we meet and so that's what we're going to try out today we've had a few people being like hey it's it's been months and so yeah, we're going to try this new free-flowing version. If you don't like it, you can let us know. But I doubt there will be an issue. Because I don't think anybody was listening for, like, hard-hitting facts. Like, we weren't, like, an NPR podcast anyways, so. So, we don't know where Shivani is, but hopefully she will eventually hop on. You got us two today. Oh, just got a text from her. Oh, she's doing yoga. I did hot yoga today. Oh, how was that? Um, I can include this as part of our little discussion. Yeah. Um, so I got a, the week free that I was telling you about at Four Power Yoga, advertising for them. They're doing a week free. So as many classes as you want in one week. And I get why you get kind of hooked because it's like, it's pretty addicting when you like sweat that much. And I, apparently you like release even more endorphins when you do that. So coming out you feel like good mm-hmm. but and during it's like it's hard it depends on the class some of the classes were like super difficult some of the classes were like not that bad the mm-hmm. not that bad ones you're still sweating profusely but it's just kind of relaxing because it's just I don't know getting everything out and then the the really like um heavy duty like including cardio shit is like a little it's a little too much um but Good workout. Anyways, I was looking looking it up, being like, because I, I watched the documentary on, like, Bikram Yoga. I was going to bring that up, yeah. Yeah, so the guy's, like, a like a predator-type man and no, no good. And basically, I feel like the gist of the documentary was, like, well, this wasn't based off science. So I was looking into it, and I just to, like, see if it was worth, like, buying the membership, which I did. And apparently there is no, like, evidence that you're, it's, like, better for you when you do hot yoga versus when you do regular yoga. Um, but there is some evidence that it can increase your metabolic rate. So you'll burn, like, some more calories. Not, like, an insane amount more calories, but, like, 
like uh, I think like a little over a hundred more calories, which is like pretty decent. I don't know if it's necessarily worth the like extreme heat, but I guess the reason for this is because when you have a fever, you burn more calories to like get more nutrients to like fight off the virus or whatever. Oh, and yeah, and so during if it's a short period of being extremely hot. It doesn't do anything, but extended periods of being extremely hot tricks your body into thinking it's have it like has a fever and then will burn more calories. So that's like kind of the only reason. It's burning calories as like a just a consequence of it trying to make you get better. Yeah, to like like it's process more nutrients to like fight mm-hmm. viruses. But like if you don't have a virus, it's still gonna process those nutrients. Does that mean you should be eating more? When you have a fever? Um, yeah, probably. Oh, is Shivani here? Says, Hello? What's MS? It says Miss Singh. Miss Singh? She's joining us from from class. She's in the middle of class <laughs> right now. <laughs> Wait, kids. <laughs> we are the children. Yeah. <laughs> got my Roomba running, so sorry for the weird buzzing. Oh, I don't hear anything. Oh, good. So, was the conclusion that hot yoga is not as conducive to, is it, I guess, like, weight loss is the thing that people are wanting? Um, well, I think people preach it as, like, this extremely helpful thing for weight loss. Mm. But it's, like, it's hel- it's probably more burns more calories than regular yoga but I wouldn't say it's like in terms of long-term effects gonna like help you burn calories Mm. and then they did say the one risk with it is like heat stroke obviously so if you're like unwell in some way you should definitely ask your doctor before doing it Mm. and it they say it increases flexibility which is true but it also might make you more prone to injury if you like overstretch yourself so, oh. two warnings. Um, Have you had doing it? No, not at all. But, I mean, I think I just, like, because I know that I, like, don't push myself, like, too much, like, past the point. And you'll, like, feel it when you're kind of pushing yourself past the point of being able to do it. Hey, Giovanni. Hi. Hello. How are you guys? Good. good. How are you? I'm good. Also Sorry eating. Technical difficulties. The echo from hell. <laughs> How was yoga? It was good. I've had some like allergy issues for the past month, and it felt like it cleansed a lot of it. Like I would, I was just like coughing up a ton of phlegm, but in a good way. You know what I mean? Was it hot yoga? No, uh-huh. no, it was just normal yoga. I did a video, like a core power video. Whoa, you are came in at the perfect time. We were just talking about hot yoga at Core Power. Yeah. So all of their yoga is hot yoga, which a little misleading because it says like on the <laughs> website we put you in a warm room, and I'm like, it's not a warm room, it's a hot room. That's weird. And they don't advertise themselves as hot yoga. No, I think probably because of the bad rep. Mm. Oh. Did you okay, feel a difference? I've heard that it feels really good afterwards it's very addicting and i can see why they have like a promotion 
where the first week is free. So, sorry, I'm like eating while I talk. Okay. Um, or you can take as many classes as you want. You're gonna feel like they know you're gonna get hooked after that like week. Yeah, it seems like a very trendy yoga, almost like yoga meets of Orange Theory. You know, those like addictive workout trends. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I feel like I've heard of Orange Theory, but I don't know what it is. Yeah, I've tried it. It was it was intense. It was like a decent workout. Um, and I feel like they they sell you on like how data driven it is. Mm. Like everything's about your your heart rate, your metabolic your metabolic rate, and then how much you're burning after the workout. So mm-hmm. it's I don't think it, core power is as like numbers heavy. Like core power seems to also incorporate the like mindfulness part of yoga. Yeah. Mm. Which as soon as they're like. The end of class, namaste. I, like, never know how to feel. I'm like, <laughs> this is a yoga. You just set the temperature to, like, 100 million degrees. Like, there's nothing authentic about this experience. Mm. I know. I'd be curious to go to India and do yoga. Ooh, yeah. That I think I was, like, trying to do that when I was in India last time, because we were there for, like, six weeks, and I was like, oh, plenty of time to take a yoga class. There's just too much happening in India. Slash, like, I guess I could have made time for it, but I was also, like, interviewing and stuff. So, but anyways, um, so of the ones I found, I wanted to find, like, something that was, like, on mountain, <laughs> which... Yeah. I don't know. I feel like a lot of the ones that I, the only time I would have to do it was really in Bangalore, and then the ones in Bangalore are like in a yoga studio class, which is just the exact same thing as like I me doing it in like New York or something. So <clears throat> yeah, it's interesting how like where yoga started. <coughs> sorry, <clears throat> where yoga started, and then where Western culture has taken it, and then how it's impacted. India back like with the way that they do yoga like I feel like now it's like like western culture made it trendy and cool so now a lot of like younger Indian people might be interested in it too because it's like you know before it was kind of this old traditional Vedic I don't even think that's the right word but you know what I mean um yeah yeah I I think about that sometimes how it feels good to reconnect with my roots and do something that my ancestors created, but at the same time, I'm just giving money back to the Western capital. The colonizers. Like, traditions from my country. Mm-hmm. You know, it's such a catch-22. You know that book? Oh, sorry. Oh, and I also benefit from it, too. Like, mm-hmm. I... I benefit from the like meditation and fitness and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what were you saying, Chipper? Uh Remember that book, the autobiography of a yogi that I was like obsessed with for a while. Mm-hmm. So that's about the yogi who brought yoga over to the U.S. And when he first got here, he like you know had a bunch of white people in like fancy outfits. This was like long ass time ago too. I'd say like. I don't remember when, maybe like 1940, 1930s possibly. I don't know. But so a bunch of 
fancy white people and they're all like he's like okay now sit on the floor and they like at first I guess regard him as like a witch for a while but then they like actually did what he was saying and they all like kind of got hooked um and he kind of talks about like how it's like this manifesto for him to like spread the word of yoga like everywhere and like it's so imperative that people like practice start practicing mindfulness like what's after World War Two or maybe before after World War One and all this shit. So I feel like for him, he's happy that everyone kind of took it and ran with it in some form. But I don't know how he'd feel about the like bastardization with like goat yoga and like puppy yoga. <laughs> Goat yoga. Uh, so conflicted about. I would love to go to goat yoga, but I know he would turn over on his grave. The principle. <laughs> yeah, puppy yoga. Like, I would love to just lay with some puppies. Yeah. I'm so torn. Mm-hmm. I didn't know about goat yoga until last summer when I saw a class for in Seattle. And I was like, Excuse me? And then I saw pictures that there's people in like down dogs and like goats climbing on them. And I was like, what is this country? But then it like leaves me. It's like the same conflict I have when I think it was in uh, that that food show that you showed me, Chitra. Was it the uh, well, the one where the the Asian guy goes to India with um, Aziz, Aziz Ansari? Um, the chef show, I think. Yes. I love that show. Is it that one? I think it's that one. But they interview some Indian American women in like Silicon Valley, California area. Um, and they say like how there's this one restaurant that's like an Indian fusion with Mexican food and like other it's like totally they definitely just like took culturally uh, traditionally Indian recipes and like put a completely Western and or other spit on it. And then they're like asking them, how do you feel about that? And they're like, well, it tastes good. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Like it, it hurts, I guess, in the sense of like, yeah, this is not a samosa anymore or this is not jot anymore, but it still tastes really good. I'm still going to like purchase it. And it, it leaves you torn. You're like, I don't know if I'm what to support, but then like my taste buds are pulling me one way and the goats are pulling me another way. So That's a really good comparison because like, I feel like with yoga, it's a lot more clear, like, at least in the Indian, the, like, millennial Indian community where they're like, it's wrong to bastardize yoga. But then the food thing is a very good point, because theoretically, the reason we have any food is because people liked the flavor of one dish and maybe liked the flavor of another dish, put it together and made a new dish. So, like, this is how all food is created, and yet we're, like, upset when like nations cross it's interesting because that's more of like a value blurry line but then when you look at the yoga thing I feel like that feels like a stronger line like don't bastardize it or at least call it something else but then also if you don't have the word yoga in it are you just ignoring the roots of where it came from I don't know there's no winning. Yeah, like if you just slap the word yoga on something, so many things could be considered yoga. 
Um, and I think it's pretty cool that something like an ancient art form can expand and take on a new form in the modern world. And that like so many people are exposed to it who otherwise never would be. And, and even in schools, like there are certified yoga teachers who come in and they do like trauma-informed meditation or like teach kids how to use yoga to deal with the stress in their lives. And, and that's not tied to the Hindu religion at all, but it's like kind of a, a nice benefit of the westernization of yoga. Um, this reminds me of a quote. <laughs> Every time I, I say something, I'm like, actually, this is this, and this is a book. I'm just like, oh, internally, I'm, I'm cringing so hard. But it does, this is a valid quote, and I want to share. <laughs> but um, you know me, my mind is just like, but okay. So there's this newsletter, of course, that I subscribed to, and they mentioned this thing that I thought was really interesting. Uh, Italy is known for tomatoes, Thailand for chilies, Germany for sauerkraut, but tomatoes originated in Peru, Thailand imported chilies from Central America, and sauerkraut started in China. Everything is a remix and the world is better for it. Share what you know and learn from others. That's so relevant to what we're talking about. So then it's like hard for me to get mad about goat yoga. Exactly. <laughs> Even though I really want to be. <laughs> <laughs> like you think of the like an original yogi that, you know, really trained and solidified yoga in India. You think about what they how they might react to goat yoga maybe they'll be like well anything to spread the spread yoga like why not yeah maybe they'll think it's horrendous i don't know but i feel goal, like oh sorry go ahead if the goal is like to make sure that i mean i kind of look at the same way people would look at like open sourcing tech you know like how is it like elon musk musk that open source that um engine his car and now like other car companies can use that to like help build their product if, oh if i didn't know that to, yeah like if the goal is to just like make this mission out there and help people make people's lives better for this being in the world then i guess it's okay if we change around the way it's the message is delivered so that it people can at least experience it I think where it differs with like those examples and like the food example is where like a yogi is someone who like had to jump through all these hurdles and like learn real things, not like how to monetize stretching and goats together. Like <laughs> I understand that being an issue, like the terminology, but then I'm also like, what, like you should probably teach people what a yogi is when you're teaching you it's like really hard because like at what point are you educating and like appreciating a culture and at what point are you um what's the word called um when you steal something from another culture that's appropriate yes 
I don't know. Yeah, because there's so much of history you can get into if you're telling someone, like, oh, you can't wear a bindi to Coachella. And then it's like, oh, well, first educate yourself. Yeah. Like, what layers do you go to? And then so many... It's like it used to be religious, but now it's not really. Like it used to be like only for married women, but now it's not anymore. And so it can yeah. kind of like the rules keep bending a little bit. And then, what degree does this white girl need to read textbooks on the history? Yeah, to feel like she can wear a be True, and also like, does does she just have like was it marketed to her as a bindi, or was it marketed to her as not a bindi? Like I don't know. I just feel like there's. Yeah, do we just let things be bastardized and that's, like, the way of the world and how, like, new things come about and, like, improve? Or do we not? I, it's real tough. Who is to say? And, like, I remember, uh, well, this is a white girl, so I feel like can't kind of take it with a grain of salt. But she was saying that, uh, like, cultural appropriation isn't real, which I know she meant, I think, on more of a surface level. But I feel like maybe it's not when you like think about the context of it now well I mean actually no it definitely is a thing when it depends I think if you like see like a Native American headdress like in a photo and you're like oh, I'm gonna make this trendy it's different whereas when it's something like a bindi that maybe people don't even know about they just see something sparkly on your face they're like that's pretty and then they want to put it on their face I don't know don't know Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's a way to appreciate other cultures and not be disrespectful and, and not acknowledge the origins at all. Like, when the whole debate around cultural appropriation started, I would notice that example come up a lot. And personally, like, I was confused by it because I always viewed a bindi as kind of an ornamental, almost like makeup that you add to your outfit to accessorize it more. I didn't think whenever I wear a bindi for an event that I'm trying to elevate my third eye or like I, I didn't think about the deeper spiritual meaning. And it's interesting because the more people culturally appropriated it, the more exposure I got to the origins of something I did my whole life. Um, and so I think like that's just my experience as like they see American growing up here. You know, maybe my grandmother, for example, would have a totally different view if she was more attached to like the spiritual side of it or or put a lot of thought into which bindi she wore. Because some do I think some do signify that you're married um, or have different meanings like based on their shape and size. And so, yeah, I, I feel like if you're in the right context and if you're understanding like what you're doing and you have a clear intention, then I don't think it's that offensive. Um, but if you're just like, uh, like not even thinking about it, I feel like that's worse. Yeah, that's true. And then there's also like, like there's minor infractions and then like major infractions. We're like, to the point, I feel like the minor infractions almost like don't count because like there's a level of ignorance to that and just like, maybe you don't even know that it like belong to a culture at all in general and like i guess like if it if they're just put in a dot here or like dots here and like all the way around their eyebrows 
feel like that could have just been like a natural transition on like fashion that had nothing to do with someone seeing an Indian person. But then Doja Cat, I don't know why I clapped. Doja Cat had a music video where she like painted her whole body blue and like had a bunch of arms and it was like and looked kind of Indianish, which I feel like is very problematic because then you clearly I feel like if you reference something that is a different culture and then do some shit like that, that bad. There's this this Indian actress who she posed with uh, like a sports bra. And then I think the, the bottom was a langa. And I felt like, and she was Indian, so I guess like in, in her, with her doing it, it's kind of like, a, oh, that's fun and cute, I guess. But if somebody like, if somebody who's not Indian did that, I feel like that would become a lot more problematic because it's like you're sexualizing a um, cultural thing that's not yours to do. But then it's like maybe they shouldn't be sexualized at all and the Indian actress also shouldn't do that. It gets weird because a similar thing happened with there's this uh, traditional Vietnamese dress. It's called like Ao Dai. And it looks a lot like a like an Indian suit. It's just like a long shirt. Um, and it's supposed to, I think it's traditionally supposed to re- represent like modesty and not having too much of like not showing too much of a, the curve of your body or whatever. And there is an actress that wore it without pants and kind of like put her leg out and she wasn't Vietnamese and it was like kind of exposing her leg and trying to make it all like sexy. And people were like, you cannot do this. Like that's the whole reason of us creating it to you know make it be like this nice um, traditional thing you can wear to like a temple and things like that. And so, yeah. I don't know. I'd be curious to see what you all think of the picture if I can find it. But it gets really, it's a gray area. I think it kind of, it also kind of depends on the person. Like, I feel like a lot of these things I've brought up to Tanya, and then she's like, oh, I don't have any issue with that. <laughs> and then if I bring it to someone else, they're like, that's so offensive, and blah, blah, blah. It's like, I don't know. I guess it just depends on how personally you take certain things. Uh, I, I wonder if it's a generational thing too, because you grew up with. Oh, yes. I feel like a lot of the examples I see on cultural appropriation, I, I learned from Instagram or like news articles. News articles, like Huffington Post articles. So. Mm-hmm. Ah, found it. Okay. It's like Calvin Klein sports bra. Okay, let me send it in the chat. Okay, can you all see that in chat? Interesting. Yeah, so what Um, do you think of that? I had something else when you said it, pictured in my head. Um, First of all, Langa. Very pretty, I like the Langa. Yeah. Um, I don't know, well just because like, the Langa's not like a real... It's not like a religious symbol, right? Maybe the dia might make it kind of weird. Yeah, I forgot there's the dia. But, uh, it's, I mean, in general, what are you advertising? Like, what is the point of this? Because I just feel like it looks weird. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it looks like she didn't get dressed all the way. Sorry, that's so mean yeah. to say. It no, but it. In the middle of changing. 
Yeah, no, because it look it's like an undershirt or like underwear thing. Like that's not like she's slutty. Like I know what you're saying. Like not like in a slutty way, just in like a that's clearly an undergarment and the rest is like fancy. I honestly don't understand. I can see how a lot of Indian people would be offended by this because it's a bra. Yeah, but some Langa tops are the exact same. The exact size. same the shape is just on sparkling. Them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like she has all the other aspects of making it traditional, like the the tikka and the bangles and the dia, and then it's all of a sudden it's like whoa. But yeah, I don't know because lingam tops are even more scandalous than that nowadays. So it's just kind of like I think it makes it okay because she's Indian and she's an actress, but it's still like mm, cause some. Some controversy. But wait, what were you imagining, Jadra? Um, I don't know, like a magazine cover for like a athlete or something for some reason. Mm. Or like something that had to do with a sports bra, like because I just couldn't understand why someone would wear just a sports bra with a Langa skirt. Maybe that's what she's trying to show that she has that like westernized athletic. Or athletic vibe, you know, because that's leisure. But then, like, like do awesome. something athletic? I don't know. Holding a beat. <laughs> it's real heavy. <laughs> <laughs> Lifting the weight and the light. I'm um trying. Okay, so today I came across this fucking wild thing. Um, it was like a, she's like a Russian Hari Krishna. Um, and she has like a whole, she has like a whole following (laughs) and she's, she is like, wait, I need to find her Instagram. I've been trying so hard. Uh, so she's like, I don't even know where she's based, but I think she might still be in Russia, but she's like also a multi-level marketing. Like, I don't know if she's in the scam or if she, like, knows it's a scam and is, like, using the scam. But she's in the um, essential oil business. Um, and it's fucking weird. I need to find this account because it's... I mean, they all do, like, kathak. It's, like, her and, like, a bunch of white ladies in... Ru- or Russian white ladies. It's bizarre. It was bizarre. But then, like, I don't know how, because, like, I feel like she does, and then you see her, like, praying, and she, like, loves Krishna, and it's, like, all this thing. So, like, now you see a white person who knows all the history, all the culture, doing all the things, and I still have a problem with it. Oh, and she, I don't know. she, like, talks about the background of the movies and all that, like, historically and culturally? Um... Kind of. She just talks about how devoted she is to Krishna and then, like, says some prayer or whatever, like a Sanskrit prayer. Oh, interesting. Um, for me, I feel like she's a scammer with the MLM. That's my main issue. And then she also, like, was, like... MLM? Yeah, like a multi-level marketing scheme. Oh. Yeah. I just, like, because she was advertising it, and I, I got sus vibes. Um, and then she also had, like, a side-by-side of her, like, praying to, like, Krishna 
and doing like the you know the giant feather things that they do which i'm pretty sure only like brahmin like men are supposed to do so i don't know i could be wrong though um but anyways she was doing some shit and then like it was a side by side with this girl she was an indian girl who was like just doing a tiktok dance wearing like you know what teenagers wear nowadays which is slightly revealing but no one fucking cares and the caption was like uh on the left it was like hindus with uh or who have been in, invaded by western cultures or european culture and then europeans invaded by hindu culture it was weird it was really weird she was like slut shaving them basically and they were like indian girls it was fucking weird so the, oh, the image was like indian girls wearing like western clothes basically yeah like, and like doing a tiktok dance yeah literally like what i wear in the summer <laughs> it's so weird that's yeah, like what? That's more of like um like an Indian culture thing to be modest. I don't think like Hinduism itself does like women need to cover yeah. up completely, you know. It has nothing to do and then she also had another one that was like, My religion prohibits me from using drugs. And I was like, that is not a religious They also like yogis use bung all the time, which is literally weed. Yeah, I feel like Hinduism has a really long history of, like, psychoactive drugs. Yeah. I don't like her. I don't like her one bit. Yeah. <laughs> that gives me cultural appropriation vibes. Can yeah. we just put a new podcast that's, like, cultural appropriation? Yes or no? For <laughs> all these examples. <laughs> you can make it, like, fashion police or something. Yeah. Who wore it best? <laughs> Well, I want to find it. I'll find it and send it to you guys at some point. Yes, please do. We made it past the 30-minute mark, y'all. I am proud. Did it. It's been months. And this is a pretty good topic, honestly. Yeah. I, I, I trusted us to just kind of, like, go off on something like just talk about your day and then you know it'll, it'll go somewhere just knowing us in our conversations i was like we don't need to plan for this yeah. but anyways um yeah i think we can end it now to keep it within that low commitment 30 minute mark to keep us coming back for more. True. <laughs> yes. Smart. Sorry, we can edit this part out, but I just want to ask, like, how you feel. If you're leaving in three days, right? So, as wow. of this morning, I just had a conversation with a few folks from their HR team, and they said that we were talking about when to book flights. It's going to be most likely the 20th, which gives me a week to just like gather my life together, which would be nice. Um, they haven't booked it yet, but I basically just emailed them like, yeah, the thumbs up, go for it. So I think it'll be that. 20th at 5.20 p.m. so far. Yeah. yeah. So that's the official, yeah. you got the time. Yeah, still got a little bit of, a little bit of time to let it sink in. <laughs> 
I'm, I'm so come. jealous. You're gonna come. You're all gonna come. I am. I'm gonna come. For the what? Maybe you can come for Oktoberfest. Oh yeah. That would be fun. Or any any month, we'll find a spot. We'll make a festival. Yeah. They also have Wine Fest, which is equally lit. Ooh. I think I'll just get really sleepy all day. <laughs> That's <laughs> also probably true. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm interested to see if you're going to like German beer. I like the... Wait, was that you? Wasn't there... Didn't Joel get a, a German beer when we were at that brewery? Probably. Although they made it locally, so is it really a German beer? Uh, Chris introduced me to a German wine a few days back, and I loved it. Like, one of the best wines I've ever had. Ooh, Riesling? I think that's the one, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they make that in Riesling, I think. Oh, amazing. So I'm glad I at least have that drink down. Hell yeah. Yeah, it's, like, kind of sweeter. I personally wasn't crazy about it because it felt like too sweet for me and I just like really bitter things though I thought it was less than rosé though which I liked rosé is a little bit yeah like for me too sweet yeah yeah Yeah, I think also getting a dry Riesling helps yeah I love a dry Riesling Mm. yeah speaking of which I now want one (laughs) well I promised Tanya I'd go on a walk with her, so. Oh, yeah. Aww. That's really sweet. Tell her, tell her I say hi. Thanks. Wait, is she not in uh in New York yet, or what? what's going on? Oh, God. She, <laughs> she's been looking for places for so long, and the rent has just been so terrible. And now mm-hmm. that summer's starting, and with all the streams coming in, she's like, uh. hey, just look in like August when all the things are when the craze dies down yeah damn yeah eventually I think maybe me not being here will potentially accelerate motivate yeah yeah well I can't wait to come visit Yeah. yeah It's going to be so bizarre for you guys hanging out in Germany. Love it. Multiple times. You can visit any time. I will. (laughs) I'm going to ask my boss next week about um, how I'm... Because my parents want me to go to India in October. So I want to see what the deal is. It'll be nice to go without the pressure of a wedding. Yeah. I think I'm going to go. Alrighty. This is nice. Thanks for listening, y'all. See you next time. Hell yeah. You. (laughs) Bye. Love you. Love you more.